A recent Pew Center poll found that 61% of Canadians think the country's more divided than before the pandemic. Only 36% think it's more united. And I suspect with a federal election around the corner and the politics of division, the go-to strategy, the divisions within the country, the nastiness, disrespect that underline our political debates will intensify. I mean, I've already heard some attack ads that are simply not true. They're designed to deceive people who are not paying close attention to politics. Well, okay, they're lying to us. It's not unusual to hear a lot of name-calling and hate-filled emotion motivated by the unforgivable crime of having a different point of view. There's no escaping that the nature of our discussions are confrontational. At times, even toward violence. All the talk about respecting diversity is a hollow boast when it comes to opinions. The so-called progressive agenda, which dominates so many issues, is not looking for compromise. It demands 100% adherence. Boy, the division on so many issues is just insurmountable. Think of things like climate change or the pipeline debate or something so fundamental as who's going to pay for government services. You know, on the one side, we've got groups many in the environmental movement or public sector unions and others who describe themselves as being on the progressive left, saying no to pipelines and no to the oil industry while favoring government intervention over competition in a growing number of areas. Many describe themselves as anti-capitalists, extolling the virtues of ever-increasing government involvement, while worries over deficit or debt are far down the list of concerns. They support high levels of regulation and a large government bureaucracy. This group emphasizes wealth redistribution, social justice, and the collection, uh, collective over the individual. But then you've got this other side. A lot of the people in business, entrepreneurs, individuals who emphasize individual responsibility over the collective. They support lower levels of regulation, moderate taxation, reduced size of government and free speech. And they do worry about the size of the deficit. But the two groups are fundamentally in disagreement especially over whose money is it. One side believes that the money belongs to government. The debate should be how much money government lets you keep. The other side believes the money belongs to the person who earned it. And the political debate should focus on how much you send in taxes to government. Now, I want you to be clear. My point isn't to criticize either point of view, but rather to point out that they are irreconcilable. The source of ever-increasing discord and rancor in society. There's no real meaningful exchange of ideas. There's no real dialogue, just constant stating and restating of positions. I can't believe that no matter what side of the issue you're on, though, anyone thinks the current level of disharmony is beneficial to society, especially if it escalates into violence like we've seen in the States. So my point is I have a solution. I invite you to think about it. Let's separate the two opposing groups, put them in different parts of the country. One side of the country feature broader government intervention, more regulation, higher individual tax rates aimed at the top 10% of income earners. That starts about 90, 95,000. And a wealth tax for the top 1%. Plus increased taxation of mid and large businesses with the focus on greater wealth redistribution and supporting a larger government bureaucracy. In this part of the country, though, government's role in society will be constantly increasing. For example, in areas like the media and the regulation of internet content, the workforce will be unionized and they'll have government monopolies in healthcare, education, daycare, senior care, with the economic policy reflecting 
the views of today's, I guess you call themselves, they call themselves rather, self-labeled progressives. The other region, though, will have lower personal business taxes. The public sector will be smaller as government focuses only on core services like healthcare, education, trade, and defense. Public sector salaries and benefits would be on the same level as the private sector. On this side of the country, they'd welcome resource industries and eliminate corporate subsidies and bailouts. In other words, the two areas reflect the major philosophical divisions that are so obvious in society today. And the benefit would be immediate. Come on, confrontation, vitriol, nastiness would be dramatically reduced in each side of the country. Mission accomplished, more harmonious society. Now, let me ask you an important question, though. And I know some people won't appreciate it, but let's visit the two regions, say, in 10 years. See which one has a higher standard of living. Has more money for schools, hospitals, senior care, less unemployment, higher wages. Because I don't think it'll be close. Because any jurisdiction that hasn't figured out that wealth creation is the foundation of wealth redistribution has ended up with far less levels of economic growth, lower levels of economic growth, less innovation, lower standard of living. Now, here's the real elephant in the room that's not popular to mention. The jurisdiction with the emphasis on big government, more regulation, higher taxes, can't survive without the entrepreneurs and business people in the other region. But, and it's a very telling but, those who live in the region that focuses first on a strong economy, supports a strong business sector, can survive with those that don't. Hey, just a solution. Why don't we all be happy? 